0: You are listening to the She Leads Me podcast, episode number 41, with Sage Ke'elohilani Kuyamno, CEO and co founder of Future for Us. You're listening to the She Leads Me podcast where women come together for powerful conversations around life and leadership. Each episode will bring you conversations with incredible female business owners and leaders, tools for you on your personal and professional journey, and needed conversation and education to equip you with the tools to forge your path in today's world. I am your host, Heather Simpson. My mission is to educate and empower women who are seeking a different type of conversation, taking them to the next level in their journey and career. Welcome to She Leads me. Hey, thanks for joining us today. I had the pleasure of sitting down with the amazing Sage Ke'elohilani Kuyamno. Beautiful name. I love saying that. Who is the co-founder and the CEO of Future for Us, which is a platform that is dedicated to advancing women of color at work through community, culture and career development. She had so much to say, so much to share. I I wish that we I mean we could probably do a series of podcasts with her. She has so much information to share with the world and her mission is just the beautiful and strong. and, And I love what she's doing. We talked about her history. We talked about how she created what she's created and the success that she has found in a short period of time, really, and how her community has grown and the ways that she is supporting women in this way. And It was also a really interesting conversation. I asked her how, you know, myself and and for a lot of us as white women, as white allies... How do we also help support her mission, right? We've had a lot of education, honestly, from myself. And I know a lot of people in my friends groups where we are leaning in to the awareness of what is happening right now in the world of racial injustice. And we have chosen to lean into it where I think in the past, it it hasn't been this loud it hasn't captured a lot of our un- attention, unfortunately. For us to be able to lean in now and be like, wait a second, what's actually happening? How do I not know about these things? What is the history behind X, Y, and Z? Where does that phrase come from? Like, really getting curious about that has been a, a transformational thing for me already. And I know I'm just at the tip of the iceberg here. So, it was a great timing for Sage to be on the show and for us to have this conversation and be able to record that and bring it to you as well so that you can listen in not only to just her brilliance. And as I know, a lot of you are our listeners because you are building your own businesses. You want to hear inspiring stories of other Incredible women that are forging their own paths, that are building something unique. This, and a lot of you are here to hear those things. So, you get that today, and you also get additional knowledge and resources about how we close the gap in a lot of that inequity and a lot of that injustice and how we can help support this mission, Sage's mission, to to help support women of color. I'm excited to introduce to you, Sage Ke'elevilani Kuyamao. Hello, Sage. Thank you so much for joining us on the She Leads podcast today. It is such a pleasure to have you. Welcome.
1: Thank you, aloha everyone, nice to be here.
0: So why don't you go ahead and start with telling us a little bit about who you are and what it is that you do.
1: Yeah, so aloha everyone, my name is Sage Kealohilani Kiamno. I am the co-founder of Future For Us. It is a platform dedicated to advancing women of color at work the community, culture, and career development. Um, as of now, we have over 10,000 women of color professionals um, across the U.S. and globally, a part of our network. And our mission is to advance women of color in the workplace um, by providing resources and tools, um, but also to you know bring in the conversation about what are the specific challenges and barriers women of color face in the workplace, and how do we get, get them into more leadership positions? Because currently, right now in the U.S., there's only 3% of women of color make up CEO positions in Fortune 500 companies um, in America, and only 3 4% of corporate boards. So that is a stat that is unacceptable. It's 2020. I know this is not a year that everyone wanted to be, but at the end of the day, this is something that I'm truly passionate about moving and impacting, and um, it just, that's why we are doing what we're doing right now. That's amazing.
0: So before we dive into more and unpack all that it is that you are doing, tell Mm -hmm. us a little bit about how you got here. What led you to co-found this movement?
1: Yeah, (laughs) like that's a, yeah, it's been a, it's been a journey, you know, Um, I'm still pretty young. I'm 29. um, And this is my first time ever, you know, jumping into entrepreneurship. This is my first business. Uh, I don't have a classic, uh, you know, business background as well. Like I don't have a Harvard MBA. I'm indigenous. I'm from Hawaii who moved to Seattle, Washington seven years ago. Um, I worked at a big tech company um, doing PR for one of the pro- tech products and being in a big tech corp- like tech environment. It was very difficult for me to really, really advance and really get mentored um, and also receive, receive the sources I needed to really um, map out my entire career. And so, you know, again i think you know for the women of color who are listening i think it's really tough when you're flying especially if you're indigenous moving to a whole new city or any woman can really you know attest to this when you fly to a whole new city new culture new environment then you're thrown into a very competitive landscape like a competitive um company and so you know like the first first (laughs) my first day somebody asked me you know what are you you know like a White male from Dakota. Where are you from? Anyways, I don't know. It's like some some state in the Midwest, and he asked me like, "What, you know, what are you?" And you know that question always, you know, for a young woman coming into a big tech company and your first day, somebody's already questioning what your race is, um, already making you othered, right? Like you're already othered. Um, but, you know, there's a better way of asking that, right? You know, you could ask what is my ethnic background, what is my culture, etc." cetera. But, um, you know, that is what women of color face every day in the workplace is these little microaggressions to, to be othered. And so trying to work at a tech company for about a year and a half wasn't, wasn't something I really wanted to dedicate my life to. Then I switched over to um, working in a startup environment because in a startup environment, growing up in the, you know, 2000s and, you know, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you know, like these are all tech companies that were brought from a startup environment. And I always was curious, you know, like, what does it mean to actually work and own projects? You know, what you create is actually going to happen, you know? And so I, you know, switched over to startups um, in Seattle. And even working in that environment, you know, I really got exposure to like the tech talk you know the toxic tech bro kind of culture and not being able to you know really get into it um and so i faced my own microaggressions and and just not feeling like i belonged so after that 2016 election happened you know we have who we have in our presidency right now and i decided you know from, from somebody with my own um experience you know i think what is it you know what does it mean to dedicate your time and your talent to moving women forward, right? You know, we see all these sexual harassment um, cases from from our current president, um, and that, and then that, then him winning was really a defining moment in my life. Where, the, you know, in the United States, we are accepting this as a leader of our country. So, what am I going to do as a young woman of color? I'm um, going to move us forward to get into leadership positions because that's the problem: is that we're not you know, women, and women of color are not we're not enough in the leadership, we don't have power. So what does it mean to actually dedicate that time? And so switched over and I worked uh, for a, um, a large women's um, community called Ladies Get Paid. Um, they have over 40,000 members across the U.S. They focus on pay equity. Um, the reason why I decided to um, join them is because they went to Seattle and had their first event, town hall style event with uh, over a hundred women talking about pay talking about salaries, right? Talking about money. And that was the first time I've ever, ever, ever heard women from all different backgrounds, ages, um, sectors, but also levels, talk about their salary and say it out loud, you know? Mm. Um, And that was a very powerful moment. It was kind of like an Oprah moment, you know, what an aha moment of, um, there was a woman who, you know, she was an Indian woman who was a VP uh, of a global company and she said she's never negotiated her salary before you know, and I think the listeners on here could really, you know, I'm sure as you know, some people haven't, right. I haven't really negotiated their salary. 20% of women in America do not negotiate their salary. And if you, and the compounding interest, interest in that is that by the time you are 45 in a four, 45 year career, you lose a million dollars, a million dollars by 45 years, if you do not negotiate your salary. And so these stats really brought to me like my passion for you know because i i luckily before i started ladies i mean not started i'm joined ladies get paid i've negotiated my salary twice and that was huge for me Mm -hmm. but i didn't have resources i had to google everything i had to you know you i had to build my own um programming to really because they don't teach you this in college right (laughs) they don't teach you this in college um, at least not in my college, but um, and not in my family, you know, I think if you're one of color or if you come from an indigenous background, money isn't really talked about, right? Money comes with trauma. Capitalism comes with trauma for our cultures. And so that was really um, a very big mo um, a moment in my life. is like seeing all these women talking about money and their salaries was huge for me. And so I decided to um, activate their Seattle chapter. Um, did really well there, galvanized the community there, decided to bring me on as, a, um, as an employee. Um, and so I've traveled across the country, taught salary negotiation classes, um, in particular in the South, which is really interesting. Um, you know, and I kept having these classes and I would say 75% would, would be white women and 25% will be women of color. And after my classes, the women of color would come to me afterwards and say, hey, like, thank you so much for teaching this. Because seeing you as a woman of color who looks like me, talks like me, comes from similar backgrounds, made a huge difference in this. Um, And so that really kind of was an aha moment again of, you know, women of color face different challenges in the workplace. Not only are we faced with gender-based bias, but also race bias. Um, And it really translates to everything from pay to promotion, everything. And so that kind of gave me a big um, aha moment and also when I flew into Nashville, I had an Uber driver. She was an African-American woman. Um, she's an M- she has an MBA. She has three kids, um, but she she was politically pushed out of her company. Um, and so she needed to, um, you know, drive Uber to support her three kids. And mm-hmm. she did a lot of other, you know, side gigs, as I'm sure like entrepreneurs on here, you know, you're, you're doing side gigs to support your, your dream. And she wanted to start her own consulting company. And so, you know, that was another moment of, You know this is a serious problem you know for for an african-american woman to have an mba right i think as a i think as as a black woman to get to that to get to that 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 level of education i i already know what she had like i already can tell what she had to go through what her family had to invest in the sacrifices she had to make to get to that level where most people don't really realize right sometimes the mba program is like for the really privileged folks, it's not a big deal. But for a lot of us in the United States, getting an MBA actually is really a big deal. And it costs a lot of money and it takes a lot of sacrifice to get to that point. And so I met her, that was a big moment. Uh, And then Ladies Get Paid got sued by a men's rights organization, believe it or not, Mm -hmm. um, for $100,000. So there's a men's rights organization in San San Diego, California, because Ladies Get Paid was hosting events that were just for women. And legally, you can't say that in an invitation. So all the entrepreneurs right now, call your lawyers and make sure you're not hosting events that are only for women and don't have that in your marketing. Um, and so that was a big moment, too, is that, you know, we're a small startup. You get sued for 100K. We had to crowdfund. Um, and that was another, you know um, you know, that really scared me, you know, as a young woman. And, you know, like, I could have been in that lawsuit, but I wasn't. The, the chapter team that was there got into the lawsuit. And it was it was terrible. Um, lucky, luckily enough, they were able to raise more than 100K to, to settle that lawsuit. But again, like these are the, when you're running a mission-driven organization, everybody thinks that this is like, you know, everybody loves this, you know, like everybody signs on and, you know, this is a great thing. But especially in these moments in time in history, um, <clears throat> you're not going to have that, right? <clears throat> and so that was kind of like a very, you know, that shocked me. And so, and they were based out of New York and I was in, in Seattle. It was really hard, uh, you know, as a team, I like having my team with me. Yeah. And so I decided to work for the female founders Alliance, which is a private network of, um, female founders. And it's for VC text VC scalable startups. And so worked there, learned about building their first accelerator program, learned how to pitch, talk to investors, build a like startup. And I just saw like, wow, this is amazing to see women from across the world, across the United States, and, like, they are building, like, you know, vc scaleo startups, and this is how you do it, um, and so that was incredible, learned that, um, but also working for, like, two organizations, you know, they're both, you know, ran and started by white women, women of color are not being addressed, right, and I think that's the issue with feminism, is that we're not thinking about it intersectionally, right? Mm-hmm. Women, if you're if you're fighting for women, if you're building a company for women or a product for women, we need to think about it intersectionally. What type of women are we looking at? What are, you know, what are their identities? Um, and so, because as all women, we hold different identities. And so how are you creating products or building a company that serves them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I met oh, my mentor, who's my co-founder and you know, being in the Seattle environment, women of color face social and sector-based isolation. We're all gathering, having, you know, sharing these traumatic stories in the workplace. Um, And we decided like, hey, we need to do this. Mm -hmm. I quit my job and I flew to Hawaii for Thanksgiving, decided, let's, hey, let's do it. No business plan, no nothing. Mm -hmm. Literally, um, my co-founder was in Cambodia, you know, celebrating her birthday. I told her, hey, I got meetings when you, when you, as soon as you land, we are going to have meetings. And so for the December, 2018, we re, we created a brand, we built a website, we had like over 200 meetings um, with various um, influencers and business partners. Uh, and then January 17th of 2019, we started feature for us and we had our launch party. Um, so now a year and a half later, we've had over, I'd say 25 like, ex, like e- events from workshop, workshops and classes in Seattle, Washington. We've had like three large like conferences and events. Um, we're experience-based business last year and now we've pivoted to be a, a digital online platform. We, since COVID-19 hit, we've launched like weekly webinars that, ho- that have an average of 350 women of color attend every week. Um, and then we had our virtual conference that, over had, that o- had over 600 women of color professionals a part of it. And you know, we, we work with them um, about like over 20 large companies um so it's been a wild ride (laughs) let's just say that that's my whole longer story I know I have a I have so many stories but I really need to like you know it's a it's a lot but like that story really defines me of who I am as a leader and the why behind future for us and then um yeah and then here we are
0: yeah that's so incredible and I and I love that like it's so like normal for you to achieve this level of success that you're just like, yeah, you know, like we just had like 600 people as like part of a thing. It's just, it's so incredible what you're building in such a short amount of time, like, and also having to pivot your business in such a large way in the last four or five months, right. Of like really shifting from that in person, like, we are coming together, we are having this experience together, and feeling that energy from each other, really gathering, like, that, you know, power in that, to then shifting to how do you translate that online, and obviously you're doing it very, very well. So congratulations, first of all, because that was an incredible story of like how you're, how we got to here. And yeah. I know that I just got the bird's eye view of it. So congratulations on what you've accomplished this far. There's Thank a couple you. of things that I want to kind of pull out from your story. And one of them being the conversation around, um you know, you mentioned that like 3% of women have got like o- only 3% make up the what makes up our fortune 500 companies and all of that and i know that there's a lot of there's a lot more to that because i think that a lot of the response that we hear that's kind of like the canned answer is like well yeah like the most qualified people get to that position right but i know that there's a lot of stats around qualifications around degrees around you know what actually, like how qualified these women are to receive those positions and the fact Mm -hmm. that they just like still are not, can you break down some of those stats for us, um, to kind of educate us on how these women are fully qualified to take these positions? Mm -hmm. Um, they're just, they're still not getting them because of, you know, racial injustice. So can you talk a little bit more about, um, about, about that?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, you know, and really just bringing it back to like the context of today, right? Black Lives Matter movement is, it has sparked a revolution in every institution. There is accountability now. Mm -hmm. We're holding people, companies, companies, leaders accountable. So now every institution is really figuring out how can they change their systems. Hopefully they are. Some may just be lip service, but you know now we're holding companies accountable. Mm -hmm. Um, And so when we're thinking about how we hire a new CEO, right? Like what what is the criteria? I think for for decades, for for years, right? We've always. I mean, I've talked to hundreds of companies and like talking about their processes of hiring. And when we're thinking about a CEO, we're talking about you know people with you know with the hard like the ivy league school degree with the you know with the a's you know like everything checked off right but we know that people of color women of color has it has taken us years centuries decades right to get into ivy league schools to get through those degrees to get everything done and now things are shifting where women of color people of color are starting to get into the ivy league schools but also there's people of color who are you know starting businesses are new technologists there's a there's a huge black te- like a conference for black technologists and startup founders called um, AfroTech. That black that Blavity, a media company, read by three like incredible black founders, led by a black woman. Her name is Morgan DeBomb and you know that is another you know way of gathering this ta- like this talent pool. Um, and so we really need to reanalyze and restructure the criteria in which we are hiring these folks, right, these leaders. Um, And also thinking about it that, you know, now, you know, from Black Lives Matter into today, but also thinking about another stat that women of color are the fastest growing segment of degree holders per year. Mm -hmm. By 2060, women of color are going to be the largest demographic in the workforce. So if you're not investing in now, you're going to lose a whole segment like you're not building for the future, you know, we're all talking about innovation, technology, the future. It's like, yeah, the future, the future is win of color. So you better start investing into the leadership now, because that is a, that is a talent pool that you're going to have to pick from, you know, now we're seeing a huge, like we're now we're seeing a win of color being promoted into different CEO positions now, but you know, like another big thing is like, is are we being hired for diversity, you know, right? Like, is this a diversity pool? But it's not, you know, at the end of the day, we're talking about qualifications and we need to redefine what those qualifications are because clearly it's not working. CEOs and leaders are getting fired and resigned left and right. It's everywhere in every sector, finance sector, tech sector. We're seeing a lack of re- like of true leadership and that's why, you know, that's why we're having these social movements right um, and so I think when we're talking about how do we you know what are the stats what is what is the context and why this is happening then how can we you know really change change the system is to really rethink how we look at the criteria of, in which we hire these leaders um, you know really expand them and not thinking about just the you know like it's hard and soft skills. What have they learned? I mean, this is any hiring—if it's not even a CEO, right? When, when we're thinking about the hi, you know best hiring practices, but also, how are you helping and supporting that leader within the company as well? You know, we're there's so much money that goes into recruiting, right, every year, and we don't really think about how much money is actually supporting. You know people of color women of color in the workplace you know whether it's making sure that they're get they have a sponsor they have a you know they have mentors in there do they have a erg group which is an employee resource group to support them um do you have a really great hr department to deal with you know racism in the workplace or you know discrimination um dispute right like is what does that look like so you know that's kind of where i see things we're thinking about how do we how do we get women of color into leadership um, leadership positions?
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for sharing a little bit more on that. I really appreciate it. It was important for me to pull out some more of that information here. Yeah. Um, so, there have been so many incredible successes in just like the short amount of time that you've been in existence, which I love. Um, share with us some of those highlights along your journey this far, like the success stories, like you know, I, I just, I love hearing, um, you know, about your mission further and how that's impacting the the lives of, of the women that you're here to serve.
1: Yeah, you know, I think what is incredible is that we're, you know, I we've grown our community to 10,000, right? And I would say that, I would say, a, I mean, majority of everybody has been either got a new job, switched the industry, um, you know, actually networked and created community that's a helpful network for them in their careers so those are all the benefits and what i'm proud of and also what i'm proud of is that we had a color a part of our community our community members felt seen mm-hmm. like seen for the first time mm-hmm. right and i think that's a big thing that we don't really talk about is that you know in a society that really tries to make us invisible when you come to a future for us event when you are online with us or in person we we make you feel seen and heard and that's truly powerful and in how you really reset your mindset about yourself right like Mm -hmm. i matter this matters and also i'm a leader right like i can ask for more you know i can go to my manager and say Hey, I'm going to need a 20% increase in my salary. Hey, I would like a promotion in six months. You know, and I think it's building the the confidence, but also the leverage that women of color need, um, to really um, become leaders and change makers in their companies, but also to prove to, um, their leaders, you know, their white leaders in their, in their companies that, Hey, this is an issue and this is this is a company who's bringing the experts together to show these stats and this is a community who wants to move women of color forward and we've become the leverage for them right and i think um and and such a benefit for their careers and that's what i'm most proud of and when it comes to you know i'm a true believer where success hides failures and yes we've had incredible success right like we you know, um, this is great, like, uh, a year and a half, this is, you know, but it doesn't come without sacrifice, right, and I want entrepreneurs to know that, like, this is not a glamour, like, this is, I think entrepreneurs know that this is not a glamorous job, right, Right. starting your company is definitely a grind, Um, and as a first-time entrepreneur, you know, I made a lot of sacrifices in terms of, like, leaving it all, to like get this thing going. Like I le- you know, I literally gave it all away to like really start this company because I am, s- I am willing to bet my entire life on the success of Win of Color. Like mm-hmm. that's how much I believe in Win of Color is that man, if I invest in them into us, I know I'm going to get my investment 10 times over. Like mm-hmm. that's like, I want to, I am talking, like I am walking what I'm talking. Like I am like, if, if I'm going to invest in Win of Color right now, Companies, you better do, do so too. And um, we we work and bring in incredible women of color, like nationally recognized women of color leaders, to our events to really inspire, but also be a form of a mentor to a lot of our community members. Um, I'm a one of my heroes. Uh, her name is Arlen Hamilton, and she is the managing partner and founder of Backstage Capital, and it's a VC firm that primarily i mean that primarily primarily invest in um poc led people of color led startups because there's such a huge gap in investing for poc led startups and founders and and you know i've I've been stalking her for years like i read her books her podcast interviews she was the first black queer woman to grace to cover a fast company um she has an incredible story of you know like she you know she came you know i don't want to say she came from nothing but like she came from ex like a socially economic poor city and she did not have a traditional background but she became one of the most influential vcs in silicon valley you know um and that to me is just like wow like this is what we're talking about like these are the women of color that we're not even looking at right mm-hmm. um and so stalked her for years and then on my instagram before we started future us because i already was before i jumped into the entrepreneurship game i was very um I, you know, and it's December at that time, I was just reflecting on everything and I was scared. You know, I think a lot of us are like, this is scared. And I, you know, I I gotta come from, I have to say my privilege is that like, I'm an indigenous woman, but you know, my family, you know, we come from a, um, you know, from a hardworking family and, um, you know, they paid, you know, they really worked their butts for me to go into private school, right? I'm college educated, you know, I am, I'm, I could go to, I could fly to Seattle and start my own life. Um, which a lot of indigenous people aren't, you know, don't get that privilege. And I don't have kids. I don't have a partner to worry about. So I, I, I have more freedom, or not, or not depend, I don't have dependents that I have to like really think about, right? So, yeah. I was scared. I was in this mindset of like, oh my god, am I really doing this? And I wrote down all on my IG story, on my Instagram story. I wrote down all the goals that I wanted, and I said in 2019 I want to interview Arlen Hamilton, and I tagged her. Five seconds, I I kid you not. Five seconds she responds back on her Instagram and says, Let's make it happen, Sage. Like my hero. Oh my gosh. What? You know what I mean? Like my hero, somebody who's like blowing up, right? Somebody who's like talking to the biggest VCs and you know, and just having all this success, replied back and said, Hey, let's make it happen. And so um yeah, we interviewed her in LA and our we went on a seven city road tour tour with the Riveter, which is a um, before our co-working space we went to seven cities and we kicked it off with arlen hamilton in la and you know what is Incredible. What, what are the chances of that and so like again these big moments of this is why we need to invest in of color leaders because they give back they invest back you know this is not a power grab you know and one of her big you know one of her like most the quotes that i live by is like how can you become a key maker and not a gatekeeper you know how do we become a key maker for folks um every day how do we open doors how do we create keys how do we create resources and I think that we, that's your value right when we're as entrepreneurs that is our values that we're creating keys for our consumers our clients um and how can we do that every day you know and then that, that really touches on inclusivity diversity you know like equity right like we're talking about equity right now and it's about creating keys for folks. So, anyways, that's all the things I'm proud about. Sorry, <laughs> long-winded. Oh, no, that's
0: great. That's great, and that kind of leads into my next qu- question, actually, for you, which is, you know, you talk about. Um, well, first of all, like before we started recording, I, you know, told you that the the listener base here is about fifty. Per- we're about 50-50 of female business owners versus people that work within leadership um, roles within. Other companies and and so for the for the women that are working within these other companies, you mentioned that you guys become the leverage for these women um, to to help empower them, to help educate, um, and, and bring resources to their current place of employment. How would how would someone start? Let's say that they're in a company that mm. this is not a conversation at all. Yeah, they're in a company where they haven't even like begin to have these conversations um, to, yeah. to approach this topic, where do they start? How do you guys help them? Let's um, give some of our listeners or our watch, you know, people that watch uh, some tools today to give them some first steps into that.
1: Definitely, yeah. So I would say a good majority of our community members are the change makers and the first, you know, the people who are leading, the, you know, the actual diversity, equity, inclusion efforts within their own companies. Which is unfortunate because, again, we need to really think about it before you start taking on this work. Is that realizing too? Is that you need to make sure that this work is paid and promotable, like promotable. Mm -hmm. Um, I think what happens to a lot of women of color who do take on this banner, it's, it's, it's a burden, it's an actual burden for people of color, women of color to actually take on the diversity and inclusion role, um, Mm -hmm. because it's assumed, number one, (laughs) it's assumed, but also it's not paid, right, there, if your company does, first needs to really create a budget for it, your company needs to really think about, like, creating a budget, Um, There's a story where um, Lionel Lee is the head of culture at Zillow. He's like a phenomenal black male leader. And at that time, Zillow had a lot of white leadership. And he was really trying to think about how can we diversify our talent pool when we're hiring? And so he actually flew down with his white leaders to bring him to the Afrotech conference that I told you about, where it's like thousands of black technologists, and so, like, in this concentrated conference, right, and he brought them and showed them, hey, you are literally being in, you know, you're a white leader and you're in a conference for thousands of black technologists, you know, and they're just like, this is what you're missing out on. Like these are the people with the non-traditional college backgrounds, these are the people who are innovating new technology, who are the next up and coming generation of leaders. And mm-hmm. you're not even looking at them. Mm-hmm. But they're all here right now in one place. And so that was a very huge moment in Zillow's like, you know, um leadership position is that like, wow, I can see that, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's a prime example of how um, you know, if you are, if you want to become a change maker in your company is to bring your white leaders um, and bring them to these conferences, to these panels, events, and show them, right? Like you have to lead the camel to the water of like, I'm not, you know, here's the people, here's the community, here are the thought leaders presenting you um, the ideas, right? Like the, this is what's going on in the workplace. And if you want to Build a sustainable, viable business in the next decade or so. You know, like you really need to invest in this now. And so, it's really talking to your, talking to your, um, to your leaders, presenting them and bringing them to events. Two is really explaining why you need a budget, right? Like you need to budget out these, um, you know, for this because we this is not free work, right? Like this is actual work that you're trying to invest in. I mean, that's what happened with you know, Black Lives Matter movement happened. And like companies are just, you know, throwing out different things and now people are starting to invest in this. So you don't wanna be the person who does it after a major, like horrific event. Sure. You, wanna, you wanna start now because you care, like you, because you care about equity and like you wanna see, you know, your company thrive and also open up your, you know, your company to that. And so again, if you wanna take on this work, present this to your leadership, bring them to conferences, panel talks, webinars, discussing this topic, propose a budget for it. And then if you do wanna take this on additionally or differently from your job, take it on, right? Take it on, um, but also be a part of the DNI. So diversity, equity, inclusion communities. Mm -hmm. Um, There's there's so many of them. Catalyst is a great community to be a part of, subscribe to the newsletter, and really research and talk to these professionals read there's tons of resources out there um and talk and be a part of that community and i highly suggest that's a lot of work already so i think really starting off with that and then mm-hmm. once you get the information the data the leadership on board then you can build it out this is not a perfect formula mm-hmm. this, this we all are getting you know we are all get, um you know we're all not familiar with this, right? So I think really looking at the folks who've been doing the work for years, but also knowing that this is not going to be a perfect system and you just have to make mistakes and grow. But starting now is in, it just, it's imperative at this point. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. And I I love what you just said, like make mistakes and grow, because I think a, a lot of what is happening right now too, and like the hesitation for people, even, you know, people that like want to learn more, they want to educate themselves, but it, it seems like, especially with social media, there's a quote yeah. like right and wrong way to, um, to support the movement of like being against racial, racial injustice or like, you know, with, with Black Lives Matter. So mm. many wanna learn, they're also afraid to ask the questions because of what appears to be such immediate judgment and a lot of emotion and anger. Right. And rightfully Mm -hmm. so, but Mm -hmm. I am finding that there's, um, not a lot of safe space for that conversation right now, because Mm -hmm. there's this, like, well, you should already know this, like, this is ridiculous. That statement is this or that, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. so so, how right now, what is the best way for people to support women of color? Where is the best place to start um, getting educated or or where is there a community where where people can come and just say, "I don't know what I don't know and, and I am humbly coming, and i I want to learn without the like shame casting and judgment of what we don't know does that make sense
1: <laughs> yeah totally totally you know i think the thing is that we all have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable because every day people of color are dealing with yeah this, this issue and i think yes. mm-hmm. when it comes to our white allies right you know i wrote a fast company article about it and really thinking about your internal work So the best thing as white allies to be doing is to really look at your own biases, looking at your own, you know, like we all come with biases, right? Like even people of color, we I mean, racism doesn't know color, you know, racism also is deeply rooted into our cultures as well. And so analyzing and doing some really deep anti-racism work, which means reading books, which means taking like um, unconscious bias training classes. There's so many Free webinars. Everybody, I suggest going on to um, Eventbrite. You know, add um, Catalyst to your newsletter. Um, there's a DNI community of practice. I'll send all the um, links to Heather so you can be in the show notes. Okay. Um, and so there's incredible story. I mean, um, places to start. Rachel Cargile is another. She's a Black feminist and um, Black feminist, and also a woman um, who you, you can per- you can be part of her. Um, her uh, her membership, and she has so many resources for, for people, especially white allies, to start their anti- anti-racism work. For instance, for myself, July, I'm taking July off, and I'm going to, I'm really going to be asking my internal questions to myself, like, am I creating a company um, that is equitable for all women of color, right? Because even under the umbrella of women of color, there's so many different, right? There's mm-hmm. Black women, Latino women, there's Asian American women, and so as a founder, I'm giving myself that time to really evaluate every aspect of myself as a leader and my decision-making, right? Because I also have unconscious bias, uh, but also in your structure of your company, what are the what are places that you're not creating equity? So I think every entrepreneur here, white, black, Asian, know, Latinx, We all need to take the time to deeply ask those internal questions start the anti-racism work for our white allies out there you got you know women white women like you need to gather there's there's um Fleur Larson is an incredible um white woman who is leading this work um she has a um, white women's group um, that, that is a no shame policy. Like this is wherever you ask your questions, and she leads this discussion. And there's so many, and that's a that's a really truly a safe space for um, white women to ask the questions and really get educated in this, uh, into this racial justice work. And um, Fleur Larson, another great person, she has so many upcoming programming that I want every white woman in this country to take. Um, and she's just such a she's just phenomenal. She's she's phenomenal. She's created this environment for these discussions to happen. Um, And and I also, um, we just worked with her and co-hosted a webinar called um, Accountable White Allyship. It's on YouTube, so it's on our YouTube channel. So Future for Us YouTube channel, there's a webinar for an hour that you can also get started with.
0: Excellent,
1: thank you. there's
0: so much like to continue to talk about. I feel like we need to like have you back on like for the show, (laughs) to to have these conversations. And, um, you know, I, I would love to wrap up with a couple of questions that I like to ask all of our guests. Um, so the first one would be, what books or resources have been instrumental in your growth? As you just mentioned, like, we need to start with us. We need to do that internal work. And so we'd love to know what books you tap into to grow.
1: Yeah. Um, so there's, um, I mean, for myself, to help me as an entrepreneur, um, you know, I really look at at books that really inspire me. And Arlen Hamilton, my, my hero, her book is called It's About Damn Time. Um, that's an incredible book. Um, Minda Hartz has a What Wind of Color Need to Know to Secure a Seat at the Table. Um, mm-hmm. That's all for the wind of color out there. But also, I highly recommend our white allies to read so you can really understand the experiences of wind of color in the workplace. Um, so those are the books, and but also that really inspired my leadership and also my um, to get the guts to do this. Um, um, Tim Ferriss's book called um, Tools for the Titans. Mm-hmm. And each chapter, he interviews and talks talks to like the most successful people. um, And each chapter is dedicated to that successful person. And that kind of, when I read that book, I was just like, wow, it's, you know, everybody starts with not knowing anything, right? Like it literally, it's like everybody, you know, there's a such a guise around entrepreneurship, like, oh, she knows this, she knows that. But like, when you truly are, you don't, and you just do it. And that really inspired me. Um, I will give you a proper list of um, books um, of anti-racism work but in terms of my entrepreneurship those are the books that I I highly recommend um, for any entrepreneur oh and another one sorry um, Natalie Molina Nino she was a previous speaker for our conference and her book called Leapfrog Leapfrog is an incredible book uh, for entrepreneurs it's basically like hacks for entrepreneurship so for instance for my stuff like I don't have fa- a family member who's gonna cut me a $50,000 check like I don't have Uncle Bob who's gonna be like hey started you know start your company no I don't have that and so these her book is like the like entrepreneur hacks for people who don't have the friends and family round. um everything of loopholes of like things of like really to like here can you you can start right now it's a short book all the nuggets I highly recommend it Awesome. Excellent.
0: And then what would be your top three tips of advice that you would share with other women that are on their journey as well, either in entrepreneurship or just in leveling up?
1: Yeah. So number one, I would, again, is to trust your gut. Like in my, in my Hawaiian, as a Hawaiian, it means you're not you're always na'o your gut. Trust your intuition. That is what has really moved women. I mean, that our gut is basically what makes us like superior to me is that like women's intuition is so strong, like trust your gut, like trust it. If it's telling you yes, go for it. If it's telling you no, don't, and set boundaries, do that, right? So please trust your gut. Your gut is always going to tell you 100% what you need and what you, like, what do you need and what do you want? Um, Number two, ask for it. So whether you're in your company or if you're starting your own um your own company ask for what you need be transparent about your needs and what you what you need support on i think a lot of us were socialized to think that we're perfect and we don't need help from anyone and we got this and blah 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 it's true but also you need to know the fact that right now especially right now there's so many resources for female founded companies but also for women in the workplace, there's so many resources out there. So if you need something and you're struggling with something, be transparent about it and ask, ask for it, whether it's a promotion or it's, uh, you know, you want to pitch a partnership deal away for your company, always ask. I know my dad always taught me like, yeah, you won't, if you don't ask, you won't get right. So like really getting that, getting that down. Um, Third is to really, again, it's that how to be be a key maker? Like we all hold positions of power. We all have privilege. No matter where we're at, we all have privilege. So, as an entrepreneur, as a woman in companies, mentor somebody, sponsor somebody. Um, you know, um, create resources that support somebody. And I think that's just innate in, win- in women. I think mm-hmm. women are just like this. Is why we need to become leaders of everywhere because it's like we innately we do that. Mm-hmm. But we need to constantly be reminded because sometimes we don't, you know, sometimes we're threatened, sometimes we feel like we don't like, oh, there only could be me here because I don't want, you know, like we don't need another person that looks like me here. Really, when those feelings come up of jealousy, of envy, of like being threatened or whatever, if it's coming up, analyze what you're feeling and push it down. Mm -hmm. Analyze where that's coming from, get a therapist. Like if you do have the privilege of having healthcare in this country, get a therapist work through your trauma but when those feelings come up understand you have to become a chemic. the more you give the more it's going to come back to you and i'm telling you i like after my one and a half years of being an entrepreneur and like you know I, I, whatever success people may think of it, i have done i have been successful because of other people people around me invested in me i won three grants in 30 days because i was transparent about Seriously dissolving um, because I created resources for other female entrepreneurs, like to access to grants in a list. I created a list of grants of open opportunities, and I was vocal about what I'm struggling with. I was able to re- win three grants. You know, one of them was $10,000 from Serena Williams. Um, and so, again, I am like a prime example of what it means to really be, be a key maker, but also continuously to do so. Because once you do that, I'm telling you the universe is gonna like, this is what Oprah says, like, you know, the more, the energy you give out is with the energy you're gonna get. Mm-hmm. So think about how you can really be your best self. And that's why I'm taking a month off is that right now I'm feeling burnt out. <laughs> like I'm pretty, 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 pretty burnt out. So I'm taking a month off to really think about how I can create change that I wanna see. Um, and really dedicate my, you know, what does it mean to restructure and reorg a company that's for women of color? And how do we support, you know, our black community? Mm -hmm. And again, becoming a key maker.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for those tips and thank you for all of the amazing and beautiful insights that you have shared with us today. And just for Mm -hmm. opening up your time even though you're taking time off and just also opening up your heart to everybody so that, you know, we can hear and learn and grow from you. We really appreciate it so much and just can't thank you enough for all of the work that you're doing. And I'm so glad that you're taking this time for yourself because, you know, as somebody that's not in your position, I am feeling a great heaviness right now and I can't even begin to imagine what that would feel like from your position. Um, So thank you for doing everything that you do. I really appreciate it. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of the She Leads Me podcast. If you enjoyed it, would you do us a favor? Would you go on over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review? And then also while you're there, go ahead and share the podcast with your fellow female leaders. Also, be sure to connect with us on Facebook and Instagram and to get the latest information about the She Leads Me community and see what we're up to. We will see you next time.